Hey, I'm Pat B. And I'm Adam Wallace. And you're listening to The Geek Town here on WEMF Radio. Mm. Oh, now give yourself some volume, my friend. Oh, man. I am yeah. feeling jazzed tonight, and I'm trying to keep things low-key, but I'm amped. Why? <laughs> In the house we have... Sam, Bell Guns. Yes, thank you for having me back. Oh, no, we are excited to have you back. <laughs> well, every time we get a female in the uh, in the studio, he kind of brings it lower. You make it sound like I'm I do the same him. thing, but it's like subconscious, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, hey, how you doing, Bell Guns? Yeah. <laughs> and I can't speak like that, so I try to like, I just, like emulate yeah. Pat, and I'm like, ah, oh, man. I'm not at all. Thing, we're very happy to have you back on our little program to talk about. I remember yeah, the last days. time you were here, and I was, uh, I got to go to the bathroom again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um... How's your collection coming along? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Now, you heard my man Adam Willis on the side. You heard Sam's Scarlet Tongue. And then right next to her, we have my main man, JM, who's going to bring us what? WWE review from last night. I'm definitely glad to be here. Peace, y'all. Oh, yes. Right. My man has the inside information. I was looking at some hardcore stuff today, man. Um, you were. I got the uh, I got the lowdown on, uh, well, China's history and a lot of stuff I forgot over time. Because, mm-hmm. dude, man, uh, anyone who wasn't listening last week, shame on you. But also, we lost uh, Joni Lauer, also aka China, mm-hmm. right? Uh, first female Intercontinental Champion in WWF slash WWE, pioneer in the industry. Yeah, legend um, amongst the industry. Yeah, and of course, went on to make some uh, adult films that I didn't watch. Yes, yes, I didn't watch yes. them. Adam did not watch them. Adam, Adam, Adam does not currently I did not have watch any of them any. on his Netflix like queue. <laughs> um, what are you guys doing right now? That's oh, the excuse true. I'm going to have to uh, revisit then. No, no. Yeah, Brother, you got to stick with the lie, man. Go for it. All right. We have an action-packed, fun-filled show for you. We have news. We have some interesting stuff, too. We have the Scarlet Tongue breakdown and update. We have WWE. And we have the Boston... Independent Independent Film Festival of Boston update. Yeah, that's still going on right now, but of course it started last week, so I'll uh, give you an update on that as well well, of uh, a few movies that I went to saw. Cool, cool, cool. See, I'm excited to hear about this because as far as I know, independent film festivals usually bring um, Ingmar Burden type of really (laughs) depressed black and white films about death. Well, there's actually one I have to review, and I now I can't wait to get into it because that's exactly what I'll be talking about. Oh, man, but no, but that's not the majority of the films there. But no, it's it's, it's some lighthearted fares uh, for you oh. as well. But all right, it's like Ingmar Bergman's Death Two. <laughs> death Two, habit. yes. Or Death Two this time again, <laughs> as they yeah. call it. Yeah. Or what, what was the, what was the tagline for Weekend of Bernie's Two? It's just like Death. Dead <laughs> <and loving. laughs> well, I don't know if even deader. <laughs> Didn't we do the like the Casey Kasem Weekend at Bernie's joke for a long time? It lasted way too long, whatever well, no, the joke was. Well, that was the real life Weekend at Bernie's, man. They stole yeah, the man's it was, body. Yeah, he, they kept going missing. Yeah. yeah. Just, yeah. It wasn't funny, but That's we kept doing up. it. Casey <laughs> the greatest countdown to where he spotted around the world. All right, but now let's jump right into the news because this stuff is kind of wacky today, man. Um, okay, first of all, <clears throat> 20th Century Fox refuses to bring uh, new films to uh, San Diego Comic-Con's Hall H due to piracy concerns. Now, mm. Hall H is the, like, biggest hall and presentation space, mm-hmm. and all the hugest announcements go there. Mm-hmm. Not just at, at San Diego Comic-Con, but every uh, Comic-Con, especially New York, has a hall, quote-unquote, Hall H. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's just become, like, the traditional place for all the biggest stuff to premiere. Well, 20th Century Fox says, screw you, we're not doing it. Um, after footage from uh, Deadpool and X-Men Apocalypse was leaked last year, uh, Fox has announced that they will no longer be showing in Hall H. Uh, now, while there's no indication that these leaks actually hurt the sales right. of, uh, of either of those pictures, well, of uh, Deadpool, and I know Cat is still jazzed to the apocalypse, even more so after getting those previews, 
they're still saying the uh, studio was most upset that they had these elaborate plans that were set up to coincide with the Hall H releases, and now none of those were able to be executed because of uh, the lack of security. So do you have like a, a what film specifically they're talking about? I know they said they're going to be a like well, Wolverine, the new yeah, Wolverine. They didn't want to bring big one. Cats yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so they're not going to have any footage of that because of piracy concerns, Mm-mm. right? Now, mind is, you, they are still going to have a presence. Like a, like a smaller presence yeah. with smaller panels and things. We are going to be denied Hugh Jackman's abs, yo. Come on now. Well, it's just like, I mean, if they don't want to, like, leak anything, like, they, no. they then just don't show it. I mean, you know what I mean? It's just like, well, oh, we're going to show it to a group of people and then just trust everyone that we don't know nah, that we man, show it to, those, you know? Is that, I think it's a situation where they're like, you know what? Nah, you all couldn't play nice and couldn't let us, you know, uh, uh, do things at our own pace. I didn't so know I couldn't trust all these thousands it. of people I don't know. Like, Honestly, now, man. screw you guys. It's man. like, that's not really how it works, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, you guys got to trust that that's probably going to get out there and just limit what you do and, and assume, like, everything that you've release is going to be, you know, someone's going to tell about yeah, it. And honestly, man, this may be a little on the extreme side, but a part of me is like, don't even show up at this point. It's kind of like I'm going yeah. to a bar mm-hmm. that doesn't sell alcoholic drinks. It's like, yeah, but <laughs> what, it's, like what are you coming for? You're coming here to show me what you, what you plan on right. showcasing to me yeah. so I can say, take my money. Yeah, so and they're going to show, show me anything. They're going to show up what like, we're doing? not going to serve you drinks, but we got coasters. Like, <laughs> pretty <laughs> much. Like, yeah, like, check out these fine empty bottles we had. <laughs> this is the selection you could have been privy to. It's like, just stay home, Fox, at this point. Like, right. come on, just like you said, Adam, like, what's the, did you not think that people weren't going to bring yeah. up their cell phones? I think. This stuff. Like, What's like the Bill Burr joke about like those old like people who are like really racist? Like, what do you think they thought? Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. what do you think they're gonna do with this information? What do you exactly. think they're gonna do when you show them something? They're gonna tell their friends. That's how you build word of mouth. That's actually a campaign you probably run mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Now you're like, well, you told people about it, and all these people know, and it's all this leaked stuff. It's like, well, duh. Well, I'm thinking this that is their way of doing like universal slap in the wrist. Like, no, no, you couldn't, you couldn't appreciate the way we had it, so we're not, oh, we're taking our ball and going home. Yeah. You I know, mean, despite like, Deadpool like, we'll sales. Net, Play, you know, uh, I mean, despite Deadpool sales, up. really? Because it really hurt Deadpool, <laughs> it's, even exactly. though it's the highest well, rated, well, we all know R-rated Deadpool movie of all time. Deadpool was one of the biggest uh, flops of you know, 2016. <laughs> right. I mean, Ryan Reynolds right Almost now ruined is, his career, man. is struggling. Yeah. You know, I, I saw him in the Geico commercial. That's that's where that's how long he sung. <laughs> yeah, he was in that, right? <laughs> he's, doing, he's doing commercials for 1-800-MOBILE-LAW now. Um, no, no, no. Ryan Reynolds is sitting pretty. It's, it, it, I, I think this... Story is more meant for publicity for them. This seems like a tactic. Yeah. So they're doing their own like, publicity instead of actually putting stuff out there. Like maybe they just didn't have the footage. That's what I want to think too. What were they going to do? Know, it's they like, oh, we're, we're going to pull out of it because it's going to get leaked. You just not have anything ready. Actually, that'd be that's what's really happened. They get up there and some random executive, not even a star from the movie, some dude in a suit walks up. <laughs> yeah. So you all are going to love Wolverine three. Oh man, he's introducing Hugh Jackman. It's like now, Mr. Jackman couldn't make it. It's okay. It's okay. He's introducing like some story footage. So um, it comes out in. Uh, uh, in 2017, and you'll enjoy. And walks off stage, and the lights come on. They just like usher everyone out, and people are like, oh, "What the fuck?" <laughs> and that'll be the greatest coup ever. Just troll like how many hundreds like lined up. People camp outside of Hall H. That's how serious it always is. Mm-hmm. But what I'm thinking is, it's like a big, well, not a joke. But I'm thinking this is a big ploy because who the hell turns down spots at Hall H? You know how coveted that is, right? I would stab somebody for for a spot in Hall H. I would stab you. You, Hello, not her. Her oh. tight. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, who's that on the line? Is that Awen? Yes. Hey, you walked in just as we're talking about stabbing people to get us to get a good look at uh, Hugh Jackman's abs. Well, we want most people to call in, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. We are happy to have you on the line. You want to tell our good listeners who weren't paying attention last time 
and should hang their heads in the utmost of shames. Mm-hmm. Who you are and what you're here to talk about. Oh, goodness. I'm early. I apologize. No, no, no. <laughs> no let's go for it. You're on time. Okay, jump on Hi. so no pressure. We're judging your freestyle skills. Her name is Awen. She's here to see. <laughs> so on the line, we're talking to Awen Evans, representative of the Scarlet Tongue. She, along with the fine individual right here in the studio, the uh, most electrifying man in show business, also known as Sam. Bell guns, Sam. Also known as bell guns. Both. Everything, everything. Uh, these, these schizophrenic multiple people who embody the, uh, the, 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 the form that's across the table from me here are here to give you all the lowdown on their project. The Scarlet Tongue Project. The Scarlet Tongue Project. Mm-hmm. La Lengua Roja. Well, break it down. What do you got? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I left Awen in Mexico, so she's calling in. All right, so Awen, I'm going to give you a shopping list. I want you to find a pharmacy. Okay, I will do that. <laughs> We're going to have that on our Indiegogo next time. <laughs> wow, they're taking orders. Don't, don't say that. This is broadcast live. Okay, people will find you. <laughs> Thank you, safe in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Policia. <laughs> Continue, please. Yeah, no, we're we're just readjusting to American life after mm-hmm. our very extended stay in Mexico. One less taco at a time. It's hard. It's really challenging. <laughs> no, you're telling me Chipotle doesn't measure up? Uh, I don't even look at them. I won't even mm. look at them. Mm. Sam, where should we start? Yeah, we can start with Mexico. I think that's where we last left our heroes. That's right. Yeah, so we just spent a month in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, we were down there working with an artist, Katia Terrado. We mentioned her last time. She's a performance artist. Originally, I think I was describing her as a um, body modification performance artist. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, when we went down there and I addressed that with her, she was like, no, no. Like, she didn't want to be labeled. She actually said, what did she say, mm-hmm. what did she say at one point? She wants people to lose her. She doesn't want to be classified. She doesn't want to, nothing. So she's everything. Um, awesome. <laughs> she wants to say anonymous yeah. or she wants to... Just an artist. Can she be She just, Dope she just flows. She's fire. She's pure fire. Okay. Uh, I fire, thought she had warrants passion. for a second. Yeah. No, she's incredible. Yeah. She, I was familiar with her somewhat before we got down there, but meeting her was just such a delight for all of us because basically from the moment the three of us were in the room, it was just fantastic. Like we... It was really a meeting of kindred spirits, I feel like. Basically, like, the first thing that happened was she was asking me, so what do you do? And I was like, well, I'm an artist. I make jewelry, you know, and telling her about Holy Crow. And she said, oh, I got these amazing uh, charms from the witch market, which is a real thing. The witch market? Um, mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, there's really yeah. one of the one of the massive open air markets in Mexico City is known is called the Sonora Market, the witch market, mm-hmm. and um, it's it's filled with witchcraft supplies behind the so, behind the like children's toys and pinatas. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the, the the Mexican government sort of organized these open air markets have actually. Some of them have been selling stuff in the same place since before contact with the Spaniards. So this is a long-standing tradition there, and the Mexican government has organized it, although not in any particular manner that makes logical sense to me because the witchcraft stuff was combined with piñatas and children's toys. Yeah, Katya had these charms. Yeah, so she had these charms, and she was like, oh, yeah, um, that's very cool. Let me show you what I did with them. And the first thing she did was um, pull out pictures of dangling 
the charms from her genital piercings. And, um, <laughs> what? and I was like, all right, you're in. We love you. Yep. <laughs> so well, like this picture, bro, is real <laughs> interesting. Check it out. I was, I was really did impressed. You just, did you just look at the link before, on our page? Before you came up early, I saw the link on your page. It's wow. This is really interesting. Take a look. How did I miss this when I was making the advertisement for this episode? That- Google, brother. Google. <laughs> we actually just posted the link tonight. So you can go on Facebook.com. I might have been the first one to see the link. <laughs> I know what I'm doing tonight. In case I didn't make it clear, it is not safe for work unless your work is being on the radio. So <laughs> oh, work you, is you, made clear. you made it clear. I saw it. You made it clear. <laughs> <laughs> so you can check that out. And obviously her other work is also linked on that page as well. Um, yeah, she's tattooed. She's awesome. She's in her 50s. She's like, she's been living this life for way longer than we have. And it's awesome to meet somebody who's been, who still is doing it with the same ferocity at that age. Oh, you know? I'm dangling things for my genitals when I'm 50. I mean, that's yeah. you know, to climb these rings. <laughs> I'm sure you know, Katya would gladly train you. <laughs> yeah. No, she's wild. She's raw. She's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Absolutely brilliant woman. She's lived yeah. a hell of a life. Yeah, so we're really mm-hmm. honored to have her as a part of this. Nice. Yeah, and um, it was just really awesome. We actually ended up canceling our other uh, accommodation plans and staying with her for the last week of the trip as well. Um, so we really got a chance to hang out like in her house. Oh, yeah, um, the really that, yeah. 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 Um, so it was definitely successful in that way. And like, we're just both so grateful to everybody who helped put, you know, all of the funding together for us to be able to go for that long Absolutely. and really make the solid connection. Cause mm-hmm. it's a very different proposition to be able to be there for an entire month versus just being there for a few days. Yeah, the, the amount we were able to bond with Katia was incredible. Um, by the second or third to last day we were there, we sat her down, we were doing an interview, and we had established our relationship at this point, and we had been staying there, and everything was great. And we were two hours into an interview, and she was just so impassioned, talking about her art and her you know, politics and philosophies. And she just she got so hot from talking about it that mm-hmm. she just she just rips off her shirt, throws her bra across the room. She's sitting there topless. She has a shot glass of tequila in her hand. She's like, okay, all right. Anyway, back to the interview. You know, <laughs> and, she's, yeah. and, she's, and she's looking at Aon, who does beautiful photography. She's like, take my picture now. I'm an exhibitionist. Take my picture right now. Nice. And we're like, You're perfect. <laughs> yes. And so, yeah. And so, so we have, yeah. So we have some really amazing photos of her, like topless, drinking tequila with us, and surrounded by art, tarot cards in mm-hmm. her house, like. So we're really excited to share that with you guys in the future as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So thanks to everyone's generosity, we were able to form this relationship, and it's going to be a long-term relationship. Um, we're going to be going back down. To well, yeah. Spend what's more time it, with what's it like being swept up with someone like that? You know what I mean? Obviously, very passionate. You know, enough to rip their shirt off in the middle of an interview. <laughs> like, how does that like affect someone standing right next to them, being like, "Wow, this is incredible." You know, that energy. Yeah, it felt natural. <laughs> I was right. like, oh, That's my people. Awesome. <laughs> my people. <laughs> yes. Sure. I wanted to call her mom. You know, I've been telling everyone she was she's my art auntie. Mm-hmm. Um, That's yeah. awesome. That's yeah, awesome. it it felt um it it was wild, it was raw, and it was inspiring. It was right. incredibly mm-hmm. really, inspiring. Nice. It's a really good example of how your art community is not grounded in one particular place. It's mm-hmm. it's really, mm-hmm. you know, a shared experience of the artist that you know, even with language barriers and all these things, because when we first got there, Sam speaks pretty good Spanish, but mm-hmm. I hadn't studied Spanish. I realized in like 15 years and really hadn't mm-hmm. used it much since then. So when I got there, I could barely say anything. 
so by the end, being able to speak more was great. And we have some audio of the interview with her that we'll be able to share at some point in the future. But you'll see in the audio, like, we were all, like, winding in and out of English and Spanish, Spanglish. by the end of the trip. Nice. <laughs> Spanglish all day. Just a few key phrases. Food, sex, bathroom, and Trump no es bueno. Yes. See, like that in one. every cab ride that came up, they'd be like, "Where are you going? How are you? Where are you from? Do you like Trump?" <laughs> every time, I need to know if I need to pull over right now. Basically, yeah, exactly. is, is what they were we're like, no, got, no. I almost got thrown out of the cab for saying that I was a socialist. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Bernie's all right. No, yeah. I had to explain. I was like, "No, no, 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 no. Democratic socialist. Like Sweden, Sweden. <laughs> no Trump. No Trump. Sweden." <laughs> Sweden, yeah. What is happening? Is that, is, that like, is that like serious? In their the hardcore politicians of the You'd cab be surprised. driving industry. Like, yeah. I wouldn't even do you. I wouldn't even do you the courtesy of gouging you. Get out! Like, wow. I, mean, I, I got the sense he had his foot hovered on the brake in that moment. So <laughs> no. we resolved it. We made it to our destination. It was good. But um, so we had some I other interesting interactions with our with our bumpy Spanish in the beginning, though. Oh, give us the speed. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. Well, just just some you know small things like uh we'd go into cafes and we'd be looking for soy milk mm-hmm. you know and in mm-hmm. in spanish you would say like um tienes leche tienes de leche de soya mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. but when and we first we got saying? there we um had a little confusion about exactly how to say that and soy milk is like <laughs> i am milk so, <laughs> so soy soy is i am in spanish well, you, so we go you, in and we'd be like tienes Soy leche, and they just look. We're like soy leche, and we're just going up, being like, "I am milk, I am milk." <laughs> Bro, I'm sitting here like really trying not to make the yeah, y'all, y'all away. What can I say, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gringos. <laughs> uh, well, it could have been like yeah. leche poivre, and it's like, no, nah, that's the you in the wrong kind of bar. That's why I don't yeah. go, man. Yeah. Well, we learned, and we learned about the you know the dirty language there as well, um, kind of mm-hmm. the the hard way. Mm-hmm. Um, we went, we went one night. We had actually spent the day at the silica and afterwards mm-hmm. we, were, we were really hungry and so we went around the corner and we found this guy who was selling like whole rotisserie chickens we're like oh yeah let's get a whole chicken great and then we went up and we asked for you know pollo mm-hmm. it's chicken mm-hmm. right so you think um so we're sitting there and he's like oh see sí, pollo en tierra en tierra and we're like yeah 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 and he's like see sí? and he's looking and keeps asking like do you want the whole chicken do you want the whole chicken and I'm sitting there being like yeah I'm really hungry the like live please chicken is I would love the chicken do you want the whole chicken and he's like Maybe do you want the whole chicken? Well, we well, found I think out. a male chicken like, might mean something else, too. Whoa, whoa. No, no, we, we found out later. I don't know if we were talking to Katya or another friend, but they're like, oh, when it, instead of pollo, when it's polla, it means, it means something else. It's hey, hey, you're hungry. You want the whole chicken. And I was like, oh, I'm so hungry. Yes, the whole thing. Please. Yeah. Please. Hurry up. Hurry up. Because American women just approach foreign men and just ask for that. I have a video that starts that way. Was it a China movie? Oh, no. no. <laughs> um, I didn't see that one. Yeah. China, China. Uh, it's probably the wrong place to go into that. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, so eventually you got some chicken. Yeah. We got chicken. Yeah. It was delicious. But you get over the language barrier, you know, you're back and she's still there and stuff, so you're continuing this project. This is a, we are. Yeah. yeah, it's it's incredible. It's just um this this project for me was actually birthed from um Mexican inspiration. You know, the the winter that I came mm-hmm. up with the concept, I was 
um, just living off of Mexican film mm. and documentaries. And so mm. that was the first inspiration. Um, when I went to visit the Ambulante Film Festival the first time, that's where I found the name for the project. It was originally in Spanish, La Lengua Roja, mm. uh, which tied a lot of different ideas together um, that I'd had previously. And going back this last time just really solidified a lot to me, and everything just came together. This project's become uh, her own entity, really. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she she informed us of what she needed the whole time, and it just it was just beautiful how it came together, the relationship relationships we formed and everyone was so hospitable and willing to um, expand our network you know we'd speak with one artist and they'd be like oh you need to talk to all of my friends mm. you know and then people were sending us friend requests being like I want to be involved I want to be involved yeah, so, I saw the pictures you had posted up on the uh, up on the up on the blog oh, yeah, from like El Chopo probably mm-hmm. the the punk market the punk so metal DIY market nice well, yeah I also remember I mean when we interviewed you right before you left and it was everything was kind of loose you know what I mean like well we're gonna go talk to this person and this person and it was kind of like it could go either way and sure. I'm just so really happy for you guys that it worked Thank out you. and you actually were inspired and you get to meet these people and it was every bit as you kind of had planned you know what I mean it could have so easily probably have gone the other way yeah and well we had a moment with Katya actually because we were going down there we're like well if nothing else at least we have Katya that we're going to speak with right and we got down there and we met with her and I, I met her at a bus stop actually and I got in her car and we went off to the bar we were all going to talk at and she's like yeah so I just want to sit down and talk with you guys because I want to know who you are before agreeing to do this Right. Oh, I thought awesome. she was a definite. It yeah. is awesome, right? Mm-hmm. But my yes. my you know thought process at the time was like I thought I thought this was solidified, and she's yeah. saying like No, I need to know you. Yeah. So yeah, like yeah, let's yeah. sit down, let's have a few rounds of mezcal, and then we'll decide. And so by the like, I need the to see round, you when you're drunk before I yeah. try. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is a good for anybody actually when yeah. you think about it. And then by the third round, she's like, Okay, let's do this. I was like, I Honestly, feel meal. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, that, that's, that's amazing. That's amazing because she is willing. She's not willing just to open herself to anybody. No. Yeah. And, and for that sort of authenticity that y'all felt me over there for her to be like hold up before I show you the sensitive part of me Mm -hmm. I want to know who you are because I'm about to open myself up to you in, in in this realm that means so much to me so that's that's awesome. Yeah. Right? So you get a good look at these areolas. I need to know. <laughs> yeah, true. It's just like Pat and I are the only one to take our shirts off during the first interview. Yeah, so. what do you want? <laughs> no, so like logistics, Sam, was like, my soul was like, yes, yes now I trust you. Mm-hmm. You know? So. Yeah, and I think also, you know, when you're working on an art project, it can be difficult because it sort of explained the process, but when you're sort of like, we're kind of operating within the art network and when you do things that way like you do end up just going and having a conversation and winding up at somebody's house and then drinking at their with their you know aunt cooking you know like the aunt cooking mm-hmm. like it work, it does work out that way but it is difficult to promise that it will but you know like I, I've been on enough projects that I know that it's possible and it gives me a lot of optimism entering a project like that to say I think we can probably do it because there is that network but it is you do have to be vetted to be able to do it and that's you know mm-hmm. that's that is what you know Sam and I both bring to this is that we have been operating in the art community various art communities long enough to know you know how to communicate that, even with limited Spanish. Mm-hmm. Not that Katya doesn't speak English because her English is great. It's great <laughs> so, yeah. so we're we're actually yeah. excited. So not only are we going to have Katya um, on the film, um, but since we are artists, she wants to collaborate with us. Um, in a performance art piece, something. So she wants to make art with us That's along awesome. with being in the film. So mm. we're probably going to have we're her. We're both like we're so honored about that. Beyond, beyond. Just- 
unbelievably cool. So. Yeah. So we're probably not probably we're going to fly her up here in October to perform, possibly with a friend of hers who's a brilliant um, DJ and uh, musician and editor, but he does all of her original music for her. So we'll probably bring them up together and we'll all do a performance together, maybe maybe a few. So uh, so that's coming up in the fall. We got a little bit of time. but Oh, and in yeah. the meantime, um, we do have a show coming up at the end of June. Yep, um, yeah, we just got the confirmation from the other artist. We're going to be at Once Somerville on June 30th. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Swarasvati Jones. Um, we have Militia Vox from New York. Um, both of those women are also going to be in our pilot episode, which is going to be coming out this summer as well. Um, and we just added Holly Brewer to the bill, too. So Good stuff. Now, this is episodic. Where can cats go to actually see these? Uh, we're probably we're going to have a screening for the pilot when it comes out, um, and we'll have more information about that when we get a little bit closer. Okay. The cool. best yeah. source for all of our announcements would be to just follow the Facebook page, The Scarlet Tongue Project, and we'll be rolling out all of these announcements directly from there. Yes. All right. Well, then how can cats do that then? You can go to Facebook.com slash The Scarlet Tongue Project and mm-hmm. click like, please. All right. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me double check. Make sure I did that. Yeah. Don't tell me. <laughs> well, it's like, well, you got to Google and things. You type in Scarlet and Tongue, you get like Scarlet Johansson and all types of like awkward yeah. posts and things like that. Nah. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> what I do with Google and a bottle of lotion is not. Anyway, oh, I'm sorry. Okay. So. The Scarlet Tongue Project. You can follow them on Facebook. You can check them out. Oh, you guys have a blog, too. You want to give them the, um, the Tumblr link? Yeah. I will be putting that link up on the Facebook as well, so you can follow that there, too. Yeah. All right. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> and I guess the final question will be, what's next for you guys? Yeah, so we're just getting ready for the show June 30th. Um, keep, we're going to still work on the pilot episode. We're actually going down to New York to spend some time with Militia this coming weekend. Mm-hmm. So we're going to finalize that with her. Um, staying in contact with our friends in Mexico and just getting that all rolling. Nice. Yeah, that's right. We're really excited about our upcoming trip in to New York. That's going to be really fun. Yeah. I also did notice that in nowhere in that itinerary you just gave was paying the ransom and getting Awen flown back safe and sound across. <laughs> no, I'm going to meet her back there. She's holding it down for me. Oh man. I'm going to meet her back there. Awen making friends in the militia. <laughs> yeah, good phone reception down there, though. Just for, <laughs> for captors. Yeah. That's well, I, I, I assume they had a sat phone, or you know, they just wired, they just, they just wired in the chip in her neck. <laughs> There's Mezcal. It's a good place to be kidnapped, so it's fine. Yeah, right. <laughs> she's, on, she's on the right side of the wall. Oh, there you go. <laughs> There's no Donald Trump on this side of the wall. So. No. Oh, good point. Wow. Mm. Here I am making jokes with an actuality sheet. Uh, <laughs> 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 All right, Awen, thank you so much for joining us. And, uh, thank you. Good. And also, Sam, any parting words for your homegirl before we hang up on her all callous-like? I'll call you later. <laughs> Boom. Oh, I'll call you later. You can't see it, but she put shades on too when she said that. <laughs> Thank, uh, you, Thank you, Aaron. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, now gracefully scram. <laughs> All right, and that was Awen Evans and Sam Bellguns. Uh, and one of those seven people. Whichever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Cats. For, the, for, the, uh, for the Scarlet Tongue. Check them out at uh, on Facebook at the Scarlet Tongue Project or on the Scarlet Tongue. Tumblr. I, th- I think if you go to Tumblr and type in the Scarlet Tongue. The Scarlet Tongue Project, yeah. You'll, you'll eventually find your way there. Alright, cool, cool. I'll check that now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like Double check, we can do that, right? Uh, yeah, show prep is an important thing, kids. Remember this. Alright, but now, now, we still have a lot more show for you. I'll turn to my left, my main man, Adam Willis. Mm. Black Adam Willis, if you will. He's Thank got you. the lowdown. <clears throat> yeah, the Independent Film Festival of Boston, which started this past Wednesday, and it's running through 
this coming Wednesday. So it's like a week-long engagement, and it'll be it's at the Somerville Theater, it's at the Brattle Theater, it's at the Coolidge Corner Theater, and it's like this citywide thing with uh, the independent film and and all the filmmakers are here and writers and a lot of the uh, you know the, cr- the big critics come out and like are attending this thing and it's and, it, and it's a it's a fun thing and, and it opened on Wednesday like I said and it opened with a movie called The Hollers and and The Hollers is directed it's the first direct it's the directorial debut of John Krasinski most people know John Krasinski from Jim, Jim from The Office yeah. and yeah, he's yeah. done these things and he's done a bunch of other movies and so this is the first movie he's directed and it's like a hometown boy he's guys from Newton you know what I mean and it's like his, his film's opening night of uh, Independent Film Festival Boston and everyone's kind of excited and you go in there and wait was he there? Uh, he wasn't there and I'll get into that in, in a moment but okay. for lack of a better word this movie was Bad, really <laughs> oh, bad, oh. really, really bad, and it's an unfortunate. And this is a movie. It stars John Krasinski, John Krasinski, not just directs. Um, it also has Richard Jenkins, Charlotte Copley, Anna Kendrick, Charlie Day. Really, yeah, uh, pretty, pretty, nice a, cast, a, a pretty nice cast. You know what I mean? And well, this Charlotte is Copley alone could have played all those other roles himself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Maybe he should have. Uh, <laughs> And this is uh, it's written by James Strauss. James Strauss, uh, he's he's directed the movie um, uh, Grace Is Gone. It's a, it's an older film with John Cusack, and he's mm-hmm. written a bunch of movies. And he actually wrote the movie Lonesome Jim, which was like played at the Independent Film Festival yeah, Boston years yeah. ago. Regardless, this is a, a movie of this guy who's kind of at this dead end job, and he comes home because he hears his mother has a brain tumor and so he's forced to kind of go back home and then uh, in in perfect like sundance you know uh genre trope type way he goes home and then he is forced to deal with like the ex-girlfriend that he left and like his family that's estranged from him and dealing with these feelings of like yes i left but i'm not quite living the job i wanted to and now i have to be with being back and seeing all these people and i have all these mixed things and and all this emotions coming a different way and it's so bad it's yeah, done so poorly, and you can acting, tell that, that, that's the like acting. I mean, well, the, the, the it, it stems from the writing, okay. and and it, and it starts with that story. And James Strauss kind of specializes in this going back to home and like reliving all these like emotions and stuff like that. And like unfortunately, every I don't see what's, uh... well. Unfortunately, every time there's any actually real emotion, anytime something really you know harsh comes away, like you know your mother suffering a brain tumor is kind of a big deal, you know what I mean? But yeah. it's always peppered with these moments of really poor timed bad jokes to interrupt any sort of like real emotion to force you like yeah you might start to cry and get a little weepy because that's what it is is really bad melodrama but then it's like peppered with like this really bad comedy these really ill-timed jokes and that's part of the problem um the acting yeah i mean it's just a it's just a result of really poor writing and the directing is just a, a, a result of that as well and it's just like he has these really bad zooms at really awful times and he just doesn't have a way with the camera doesn't seem to know where to place it doesn't seem to know about the pacing well, and it's really known for being an actor not a director is this, is this, is this like a first time director like this is the first time to director I don't know like usually people you can tell right away if they have a grasp with filmmaking mm-hmm. and judging by this first movie I would say he has that and whether or not something he can grow into and you get better at i'm sure that's a thing too you know and me people grow and get better at different doing different stuff but like he's seemingly doesn't really know what he's doing you know what i mean so that it's more than just growing pains it's just a bad i think it's just a bad film uh period 
Um, All right, so Adam gives it a matinee. Uh, no, dude, <laughs> yeah, okay, that, that's rough, dude. But it's but just, I mean, it's, it's like it's got the, it's, like it's, it's got scenes where it's like this twangy emo score, and then he goes and then he sees his favorite spot when he was a kid, and it's just this, this tire swing and then he gets on it and he's swinging and it's playing the music and it's just like are you serious like come on like, like, it's just really bad it. it's good for an episode of the office when you know he's like does that really you knowing look into the camera the and stuff like that but it doesn't really emotion right there yeah you know so Damn. that was the opening night film and they didn't have a Q&A they didn't have anybody from the movie no, I can understand why they didn't well and that's the thing people are like oh maybe we're staying away but it is a curious choice because a lot of the times and especially with the this uh, festival in general they do have some Someone from the film representing the film to talk about and take Q&A, especially on the opening night. And when you think about this movie being John Krasinski, being a hometown guy, his first movie, you would think that maybe somebody would be there, if not him himself, to represent the film. And from what I understand, I think that was what they thought. I think that was the intended thing with this movie and that they maybe have strung them along and then kind of backed out at the last minute. So I think the idea was to have someone someone there and then it just really didn't work out oh, I'm sorry to hear that dude you would like to see like hometown cats at the very least do well because right. they represent right well I mean I wasn't really looking forward to the Q&A after that anyway to see people like <laughs> lie to the, you know like, their okay, teeth okay, so or actually question, see people saying I really enjoyed it you know it really was all this emotions and you know it's like, no, you're, like, you're, like you're, you're lying you're lying yeah you missed yeah. it if you know if that's the case but um, yeah. the the second night uh, I did get out to see film stock. <laughs> <laughs> the second night I did get out to see it was a movie uh, playing it was like kind of the after hours thing it was at 945 yeah. at the Brattle Theater and it was kind of uh, it was a very a very dark turn in terms of like if you're, if you're going to see a movie like The Hollers and the next movie you see is this this one I'm talking about right now it's called uh, The Eyes of My Mother and it was by first time writer director Nicholas Pessy and this is a dark 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 film and this is like it's shot in very this stark black and white film stock and mm-hmm. it's like when i say it's dark it's like it's really some haunting troubling stuff and it's it's hard for me to talk about without revealing too much because the pleasure of this movie is like the reveals like the slow burn reveals of what's going on it's not a really long movie either. it's about 80 minutes long mm-hmm. But I will say it takes place on this isolated country farmhouse um, out in the country, and it's a mother, father, and a very young daughter. And then all of a sudden, a stranger comes to the door and asks to use the bathroom. And from that point on, you hear, uh, well, yeah, uh, 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 stuff is put. (laughs) (laughs) Not quite, but uh, uh, (laughs) things are put into motion. That leads to one big reveal and this, this this horrific, just like very troubling, like disgusting uh, turn of events that you're just like, wow, wow, wow. And you don't think it's going to get more messed up and then it just does slowly and it's creepy and it's was it just... Was a horror or was it a It's a suspense? horror, a suspense horror film. It's definitely like horrific. It has films of like necrophilia it has touches of all this really horrible and it's just basically this young girl who basically witnesses something very horrific and then her growing into an adult having experienced that and then dealing with her own deep dark side as an adult woman in an isolated environment and then what could pay yes yeah actually it's 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 but like not funny at all (laughs) um so to say that was uh a highlight it's just like it's a very dark film but it was it was it was good man and it's been a while since i felt that like generally creepy 
You know what I mean? It was like this eerie, and it was beautifully shot, though, and it wasn't just like, it wasn't, it wasn't poorly done. I wouldn't say it's tasteful because there's nothing tasteful about it, but it's just, it's, it's shot in a very artful, uh, beautiful way, and it's just, just amazing when stuff is that creepy is also, you know, can kind of move you in some weird way. And creepiest thing since Norbit, you'd say? Since absolutely, yeah, or anything Eddie Murphy night like this. But so that was the the two films I want to talk about about the film festival. But it is still going on; it's still taking place. A lot of the films are still at the Somerville Theater. I know it has a full day, or not a full day. Had a full day today, but tomorrow there's two more films at the Coolidge, and then the closing night film of the Intervention will be at the at the Coolidge on Wednesday night, followed by the uh, the party afterwards. So if you are still around Boston, you're still interested in seeing some independent film and supporting independent film, and this is type, you know, your type of thing. I would suggest buying your tickets and showing up to this because it's still going on. This is your last chance, so uh, so yeah, get out there and do that. Nice, nice. I, I still want to catch the last few days if I can, um, just because I know there was a softcore porno running there. <laughs> I probably shouldn't put on there. <laughs> There's a China like, film. Priorities, priorities, There's huh? a China hey, film, hey, I think. Hey, yeah. You know, I've got my ducks in a row. I know what's important here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no, thanks, thanks, bro. Um, if anyone's not from the immediate Boston area, is there a way they could actually get this in- information online? I think it's iffboston.org. IFF Boston. Okay. Yep, I think mm-hmm. you can. I don't I know. If, like, I don't know if I you think can that's s- what it was. I'm pretty yeah, sure. It, was. Uh, it's that. I don't know if you can still buy. Um, badges and stuff for it because i know that was like a a before thing but i know if like you show up during the day and and if they have not sold out uh they'll sell you a ticket and then sometimes if they they'll have a separate line if they do sell out like though some people will back out and they'll give you like the first people will get there Mm -hmm. they'll get those tickets that are available you heard the man adam willis will leave a back door open for you (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i don't want the heat coming on him here come on i'm just letting the people know yeah that's why we have a forum (laughs) And an email address, by the way. Yes, geekdownradio at gmail.com. Send it um, care of Adam Willis, also known as the guy in the trench coat. Um, Want to buy a sundial? Yeah. That guy. (laughs) You got that good stuff. All right, but yeah, check this stuff out, man. It's fun, you know, and it's just like the, the beauty part of it is... Well, most people, like, you don't see this stuff. It's not like, you know, like you've got a thousand reviews of anything like that. You have really no idea what you get into. And so you're going to see a lot of these films, and you're like, you, you know, your mind hasn't been soiled by a bunch of reviews or a bunch of, oh, I heard this sucks and heard this like that. It's just go, and then you see the film, like, first run. Cool. And it's great. You know, a lot of the early premieres are here, so. Mm-hmm. Go see the movies. Make up your own mind. Yeah. I dare you, you know? You, too, can be, get, get the lowdown on the God forbid, right? Necrophile stories. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, you could be like me, yeah. All right. So, <laughs> all right, so, James. Yes. I want to hear what you got to check out, my brother. No problem. Before we um, do that, I want to talk a couple of things about um, some of the behind-the-scenes stuff. So, it's one of those, um, got to turn my priest cap forward on this one, so... Two couple things. One, I know you mentioned it already um, about Joni Lauer, um, China passing away. Um, so it was incredibly sad as she passed away. Her death seemed to get a little overshadowed by the passing away of Prince. Um, let's not forget Damn. that um, she was a huge pioneer within the industry um, to the point where the WWE did her right by doing a nice little montage. Um, I hope that the organization does her well as it should do and put her in the Hall of Fame. Did they do a, like a cut of Triple H too to see his face? 
<laughs> and they were doing that, you know what I mean? Because they worked together for a long time. They and he's did, like, they he's Mr. WWE and everything exactly. like that. Did they do the, the, the single tear rolling down the cheek shot? Or, or did or did they? <laughs> I did thought they would have that, you know. Well, no, they I, 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 I was if, if they did a quick cut of uh, of uh, of Mark Henry, and then uh, his face <laughs> yeah. after she introduced him to her friend Sam. Was it Sammy? Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a whole situation where when once they uh, started their relationship, and then she brought a third person in who he thought was female. And they realized, uh, was, um, was, yeah, was, I remember that. Yeah, was newly man. female, and it was it was it was a whole to do. Yeah, that was that was when I stopped watching a when, <laughs> that, yeah. when, when they when they when they ran out of horrible ideas. I was like, what are you doing? Like, you're just you're doing this for shock value. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, hopefully they hopefully they do her right and put her in the Hall of Fame. This right. whole her being an adult film actress is why not. Come on, that's garbage. You put Snoop Dogg at a Hall of Fame and Snoop hosted board videos. Like, come on, what are you <laughs> yeah, doing? What are you doing? Um, second piece. Uh, shouts out to the uh, Sudoki Mensa family, i.e., Kofi Kingston and his family. Um, because they just welcomed their third, their second child into this world, so congrats to them. And that Joker still showed up on the pay per view, despite <laughs> the fact that his wife gave birth like two days ago. Oh, um, so props to them for uh, she for got full two days to recover. Baby came in as a hype man. Hype <laughs> <laughs> man during the delivery, um, but but props to them. Baby came in wearing a Bootyos t shirt. <laughs> Bootyos brand stroller. And the last one. Um, Eric Arnon, who is uh, who is Enzo Amore. So this is a sloppy segue to the event. Um, with Payback last night, um, he suffered concussion. He'll be out for a couple of weeks. Um, so we look at Payback. Payback's nice little pay-per-view that took place in Chicago. And you knew it was in Chicago because the audience let Vince know they were in Chicago as they chanted for CM Punk virtually the entire time he was out there. <laughs> I was hoping just a little bit that Punk would come out just because they chanted so hard for him being in his hometown. Well, he's back in there, isn't he? No, he's not. No, he, 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 he's like he's hanging out in Milwaukee somewhere. New it's the New weirdest thing. I mean, this whole UFC thing's supposed to be he happening. He keeps getting injured, and he's supposed to have this major, you know, supposed to be fight, fighting a Green know. Ranger or something. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> hey, man. Tommy's <laughs> like, <laughs> Tommy, Tommy, Tommy Green Ranger. Jason David Frank. Jason David Frank, mostly because if he's listening, I don't want him coming for us. Right. Yeah, for real. Truth. Um, <laughs> him and his flute. <laughs> Like, nah, it's not gangster. We're not doing that. Hey, man. Hey. If this dude comes in to, to, to like rough us up, you going to be the first line of defense? Yeah. I'm going to be out of here so quick. <laughs> he ain't, ain't trying to get got up by, by the Green Ranger. He ain't trying to get got up. You going to let that go. Damn. <laughs> All right, Sam. Well, Green well, Ranger well, turned White well, Ranger, whatever it was. I might need you to be a decoy. Got it. Nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, so it was a, it was a, it was an all right pay-per-view. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I'm going to break it down. Mm-hmm. Um, two pieces here. Um <sighs> I'm going to start with, I would say, um, well, first off, I mean, with the event opening up, with Enzo getting banged up. So this was the um, the final match of the tag team tournament sponsored by Bootios. Sponsored by Bootios <laughs> because they make sure you ain't booty. So it, started off, so it, it was sponsored by Bootios. So it opened up with a really good segment uh, with, with the New Day. Great jingle. Um, with the New Day. The New Day did an amazing job. I mean, they've been spot on with all their pop culture references. Last week, they made a shout out to Birdman and his whole oh, debacle with the Breakfast Club. Geez. And this week, they made a shout out to, to Beyonce and Becky with the good hair. A whole nine Y'all, so props to them for working in pop culture relevancy. Keep the Gen Xers engaged um, and millennials as well. So props to them. So open up really strong with these folks coming out, with these dudes coming out, opening up the pay-per-view very good. And next thing you know, the tag team finals went on with Enzo Amore and Big Cass went up against the Vaughn Villains. And unfortunately, Enzo took a really bad bump. Um, he got thrown off into the ropes by, um, by Simon Gosh. His head hit the second rope, bounced off the second rope, Hit the canvas and then he rolled outside and hit his head on the can- on the floor. 
So he was literally out on his feet. Eyes were still open. He was out. And it it was to the point where everybody who was like talking trash at ringside, you could tell just got real quiet. Like, oh, man, this dude is out. Um, Uh, Vince almost got decapitated that way, man. Yeah, 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 he did. He did. I mean, it was a bad hit, but thank God dude made it. He's doing all right. He'll be out for a few weeks, um, suffered a bad concussion, but he was all right. Um, there was a picture that was tweeted by um, the winner of this next match, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Um, so, of course, I mean, that was, for me, match of the night without a doubt. Steen versus El Generico, it's a, it's a classic. Or Owens versus Sami Zayn, whatever you want to call them. I don't care what you call them now. Yeah. These two dudes can put together an amazing match and without a doubt, the best match of the night to the point where I never agree with JBL at all when he makes his commentary, but he said it <laughs> well, we without a doubt. So, yeah. I'm a little bit, hate him a little bit, a little bit. I'm going to go for But he said something that was amazing. He was just like, you know what? Let's call Chicago PD because these boys stole the show. Corny line, but he was right. I mean, it was, <laughs> he was right. The match was just an amazing match throughout. And I mean, you, mean, you got two guys who've been fighting since the indie days. We're talking 10 years ago, 15 years ago. These still same well, guys Sting's who could go. Like 40 years. I mean, he's been a wrestler since the 70s. Sting? Not 80s, yeah. but oh, still. Yeah. I mean, well, he, he, he hung him up. With, uh, tag team with, Underwo- with Ultimate Warrior, man. Yes, he was. That was 80s, bro. That was, that was early, mid-early 80s with okay. Warrior. Remember, right, Warrior, right. Warrior had his run in the WWE no, no, in the no, late no, no. 80s. I'm going to defer to your expertise. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Uh, Appreciate yeah. it. And I got, I got Black Adam over here co-signing. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean <laughs> the blackest one in the room. Sam's over there giving me the finger, too, so I think I'm going to go wrong. Baby, baby. I don't get no respect. So no overall, respect overall, great match, great match. I mean, it was it just from pillar to post, great match. Mm-hmm. Um, match that's set up for the next pay per view because WWE is pumping out these pay per views so fast that they they're not having enough time to be able to build them up. So you I mean you're gonna have your loyal fans tune in anyway, but you need to build them up better. So this next match, the Intercontinental Title match with Cesaro and the Miz, it's honestly setting up for the next. Um, for the next pay-per-view, which is happening in like two weeks. Um, so the Miz went up against Cesaro, and the Miz won um, ultimately by, def- by he took a shortcut, ultimately. And it impacted it when Sami Zayn and... Um, Wait, shortcut how? Sorry. In many ways. No, no, shortcut, shortcut how? It was, it, was, it, was like, it, was like, it was like scripted? It was, it was a like roll, they, roll, they roll, up, roll, up, roll up a pull of tights. Um, okay. One of those, one of those, he wouldn't have got it anyway if they didn't, if um, Sami Zayn and Owens didn't Start brawling on the outside yeah. and take it to the apron, and he was distracted. Well, he very, pushed the both of them, and he rolled them up real quick. It's yeah, one of those you know his up MO, and up. Man. He's taking, he's taking, he's taking the cheap win. That's what he does. Absolutely, but it's one of those. Honestly, if you, it's to this point right now where I believe fans are getting upset at how they're not using Cesaro. I mean, the guy's an amazing. He's probably pound for pound the best fighter in their company, mm-hmm. but you're not utilizing him because he doesn't have great mic skills. And because he doesn't have great bike skills, is garbage. Because in years past, no, you'll, th- you'll, you'll, throw, you'll throw up a good manager with him in years past. You'll throw Jim Cordette with him, and Jim Cordette will carry a career. Really, Ultimate Warrior, Ultimate Warrior's talking ability was horrendous. Yo, that, that's and why, that's was why all champion. he said was, Warrior. Ooh, <laughs> talking about spirits and whispers and stuff like that. That's PCP, Ooh. bro. That really also, is. Also, that also, really is. Also, I will point out, since that's the example you, you used, when he did speak, Think about the things he chose to say. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you're crazy, man. Yeah, he, 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 he was the proto-Donald Trump, if anyone doesn't know who Ultimate Warrior became after leaving WWF. Okay, that's the, that's the, that's the level of talk. Sorry, I'm off on a tangent. Uh, you really are. Just saying, I'm just, just, you really are. I'm just like, you don't want to speak ill of the dead. Let the brother oh. go. He's gone. He's, He's gone. gone. I'm sorry. I've got got he changed from. his name to Warrior. Come I've on. His name was Warrior Warrior, son. Warrior Warrior. No it's like Dougie Doug, but for crazy people. 
His birth certificate, Warrior Warrior. Uh, his yes. wife's name, Dana Warrior. Like he's not playing him. are the actions of a sane person, hence why you want him on the mic. I don't think so. <laughs> Idiot, Good man. TV, though. It was really good TV. It worked. Yeah, made, made for a great Tosh.0 impression. You're right. <laughs> but ultimately, I mean, so it's set up for a nice little triple threat four-way, whatever, fatal four-way match for the next pay-per-view. So we'll see how that pans out. And finally, the world title match, eh, it was a little lackluster. Um, Roman Reigns defeated um, AJ Styles. It's kind of what you expected. Um, they try to they try to throw a little couple surprises in there. It's one of those situations where you can see creative is struggling. Creative is struggling badly. They they hit a high point by pulling up some of the some of the um, younger guys from the developmental league or um, NXT, if you will, pulling these young guys up from NXT and giving them some shine, which is a great boost to the product. But if your writing is garbage, your writing is garbage. So it doesn't matter if you pull these guys up who got great talent. Right. But if you can't write good you're pushing scripts, pushing the story them, and doing? stuff too too soon and too early, everything like that, exactly, going to work out. Exactly, and we talk about this. I mean, I'm gonna shout this out real quick with Charlotte and uh, Natalia with this whole um, women's championship revolution and what they're trying to do with that. I mean, if you're really trying to do something with that, give somebody else the belt that's not Charlotte. I mean, because it's crystal clear, you keep you giving her the belt because Ric Flair is able to be on TV and fans <laughs> of stu- kids who didn't know who Ric Flair was, who didn't grow up with Flair, are now able to have a little taste of Flair because they still see him on TV, even though he's from all intents and purposes a shell of himself. Um, <laughs> I mean, the whole, I mean, uh, I mean, he is. I mean, don't get he's fans. the worst human being Look. of all time too. Let's not get let's, let's not get it twisted. All right, let's, like, I mean, he's I a disgusting man. For comedic purposes, but it's like you said, man. Let's not speak ill of the dead. He's almost. <laughs> He's a living body, but he's like, you got 50 bucks in the case of beer? Like, yeah, we'll get you. Honestly, I might might rustle up 50 bucks in the case of beer to get Nature Boy. Oh, yeah, I ain't gonna front. I still love you, Super Flair Boy. Says a bunch of racist stuff and walks away. Like, yeah, damn. That's Nature. What'd you expect? He's like in his 60s. What'd you expect? Bill Burr's the best. He was gonna say, yeah, you're right. You're right. Bill Burr's the best. So, I mean, that's my only downside with the whole thing. It's like you talk about this revolution in women's wrestling, and like you have some amazing women's wrestlers, but yet you're still kind of relegating them to the back to the back area, and you're only highlighting um, the daughter of the 16-time world champion, which is a little frustrating. But I mean, it was a good match, nevertheless. But it's one of those you had an opportunity to strike with the iron's hot, and you finally gave women a platform on NXT. And you're not taking that platform moving forward. So that's a little disappointing um, with this whole pay-per-view. So overall, watch it on the network. Um, I mean, if you got the network, nine ninety nine. Get the network if you ain't got it. Watch it on network. It was okay. It's not something you really need to sit down in front of your TV and, and map time out. I'll say make sure you watch that um, that owen Zane match. That match was amazing. Other than that, it was a good pay-per-view. All right, cool. man. It sounds like a lot of it's just like changed. They're trying to move people uh, along uh, fast enough to keep up with the quote-unquote new generation audience who have very like you know short attention span. They've got the reality show. They've got yep. the uh, whole beef with well the whole beef that extends outside the broadcast and why they've got like nine actual programs. But dude, I mean. I think creative struggling mostly because they just don't have it in them enough to keep up now. And if you've ever seen a, a, a job posting for, hey, be a creative mind for the WWE, uh, it's rigorous. It is stupid. It I is. understand why, why a lot of folks don't make the cut. But the thing is, do you think, in your opinion, they're being too rigid with who they bring on? And that's why they're struggling. I will say yes, because they they purposely have this perspective of not bringing in 
people who are hardcore fans, bring in folks who are who have success in writing else, elsewhere. And I mean, same thing with running their business. They don't bring people who have a, uh, a mindset for, for uh, pro wrestling. They'll bring folks who worked in other forms of media and entertainment, not necessarily pro wrestling. So you bring these quote unquote outside, outsiders to a product um, that they may not necessarily be familiar with. And you're trying to lay out storylines that involve oh, yeah. characters that are complex. It's going to hinder its it's authenticity. You're always so, dealing yeah. with like tropes and everything like that, no matter what mm-hmm. you're going to be writing for. You know what I mean? You're mm-hmm. going to work exactly. the in, inside the confines of genre. Mm-hmm. But uh, for wrestling, it's different. If you're going to hire like outside, you're going to hire like a showrunner, a guy who's mm-hmm. written for like TV and stuff like that. It doesn't play the same way. It it's not as interactive. It's not as like immediate. Mm-hmm. And you, don't, you can't really account for that like that live in your face type of like emotion that like a lot of people attach with wrestling and things like exactly. that. So you're seeing a lot of this and it's just like, uh, that could have been developed better. That could have been this and that, you know what I mean? Where it would have saved for someone who had some experience <coughs> watching wrestling, being a giant wrestling fan. Exactly. I mean, when Patrice O'Neill wrote for them for like, what a week, yeah. um, he wrote for them for like a week <laughs> and he just highlighted the fact that like he loved the wrestling, but being there, he was just like in shock of like how much power the writer actually has at the same time, the amount of pressures that, that he get that they get from actual wrestlers. So, as opposed of putting looking at the product as an entire lose as lose, entity, I think for those it is guys. a lose lose. Instead of looking at the product as an entire as an entity, they look at it as individual people. So, if I'm a writer and Pat's a wrestler and Adam's a wrestler and Sam's a wrestler and I got to think for Sam, you always got to put I someone might, over. I might, I might put her over well before I put y'all over. So I write y'all some crummy right. stories. I might write her some good stories, and that's it. Or be, well, that's it. You're always way dealing back, with screwing someone over, and those guys have direct action. Access to you, you're like, exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, man. I remember no. that dude didn't oh, return my T-shirt in a timely manner. He's getting hit by a car yeah. this week. Like, what? it's a, a certainly a thankless mm-hmm. job, and that's just for writers. Period. And exactly. Like, so this exactly. is so, so much more than that. You know what I mean? So I can, yeah, it's a tough gig. Yeah. Well, hopefully, I mean, gig. they'll step their game up because I mean, you get access to the pay-per-views, mm-hmm. and each one, at the very least, even though the overall storylines haven't been ideal, the mm-hmm. progression of them, I mean, um, these are the big events. Yes. That keep people coming back despite their boredom or their they consider the they consider the regular uh, progression tedium tedious and they they don't watch the reality show they don't follow no, they don't. in the background because there's nothing worth it worth it uh, anymore. You don't watch Total Divas Path, but the, oh, in the, in the in sorry the, look okay? in, the, in the Bella spinoff after, they got? after a while you start to <laughs> chafe you know so <laughs> they will watch the pay per views because that's where <laughs> like the the main events are going down. Yeah. You know, yep. <laughs> so they still. So would you still say the main event is still worth following? Um, in terms of pay per views, absolutely, because yeah. you're going to get a gem out of those. So definitely watch watch the pay per views, watch Raw. I mean, I, I still say watch the product. But if you're looking for it to grow leaps and bounds, it's going to be a slow process. And then understand that when when it comes to something like pro wrestling, it's a marathon, not a sprint, because their season is all season. Mm-hmm. Right. So you know how like sometimes you have to sit back and boss it and suck it up. Like, well, you know. You know, Celtics ain't doing good this well, year. Let's like wait. A, you know, you don't have the optional pro wrestling. It's a strange paradox when you think about it because you're like, it's a slow process. It's a slow build for these stories to actually develop. But at the same time, they want to put out 14 pay-per-views a, you exactly. know, a year, which is like more than one a month. Exactly. So you can't really develop something that would actually be, you know, worthwhile for someone to buy. I agree. So you're telling people to buy, but at the same time you're saying it's 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 a slow process. So it's it's hard. It's like I I, I agree with like, hey, I want to watch this, but it's only for the hardcore a lot of the time. I agree. I you agree. Know? It's just like it is a slow process and when it's good, it's really good. You're but when right. it's just like, eh, it's it's exactly that. And to got try to convince people to spend forty, fifty, sixty bucks is 
is hard. So it is it for is. the only the art the hardcore. You know what I mean. So it's it's tr- it's it's trouble. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It, it, and it's a trouble thing. And that's it is. We have shorter you know attention spans, and we're like, ah, oh, we need to keep people addicted. Yeah, we exactly. need to give them what they want all the time. But sometimes mm-hmm. giving them what they want all the time is making them worse fans. You mm-hmm. know what I mean. Absolutely. So it's like if I'm just giving you constantly what you want. You're gonna get used to that, and then like to have people on their A game constantly is just not really a. Anybody who's ever done any job ever knows Mm -hmm. that it's not true. Mm -hmm. He knows that I can't keep up with that, especially in writing Mm -hmm. and like we just said, like such a difficult thing for this for anything is such a difficult thing. So, and that's my piece on art. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds great. No, it's tough, but that's why we thank God we have BattleBots. <laughs> all right, this has been the Geek Down here on WEMF Radio. I want to thank you all for joining us for another action-packed, convo-filled, opinions, aflamed, and blazed, and a flame, a flame. That's the word I was looking for, and I don't know where. I don't that, know where that, you're talking about either, bro. Yeah, yeah for real. I, I, I've, I've been sniffing glue like you know this entire <laughs> show. I'm sorry, um, but no. I want to thank you all for joining us for another action-packed, fun-filled episode. I want to thank Sam for joining us. Thank you, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. I want to remind you all to check out the Scarlet Tongue Project on Facebook. Uh, mm-hmm. Jump online and Google it so you can find the Tumblr that we so diligently got the URLs the for. Yeah. <laughs> we'll post them. All right, so watch the Facebook like a hawk and we'll get that information. Also, check out these pictures. I hear tell there's tales of genitalia that can hold you uh, or hold up a, uh, an entire human body. Um, also, <laughs> want to thank JM for joining us with the uh, uh, the latest and the and uh, on uh, uh, damn it. what was the pay per view. Payback on WWE Payback. Thank you. I, I, I don't. I don't listen to things. I don't. I'm You're good, sure. bro. I shouldn't be on the radio. Glad to be here, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, brother. <laughs> want to thank my homeboy Black Adam Wolf for another yes, great sir. show. Hit it one time. All right, bud. All right. Want to thank Herb for making us sound crisp, amazing, and delicious. Woo. Yeah, it is. And of course, want to thank you, the audience. If you heard anything tonight, you want to chime in on, have any opinions, just want to tell us how big a holes we are. You can hit us up at Geek downradio at gmail.com or just go to the site and you know uh, chime in leave a comment on any of the uh, interviews reviews previews and other good stuff we have there at geek-down.com and want to remind you all to check us out every Monday nights right here on wemfradio.com 9pm and we'll catch you all next week same bat time same bat channel and until then reminding you be excellent to each other peace, peace.